first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Um, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. So I don't often uh, do these interjections before the interview starts these days, but since this episode is such a um, well, we'll say topical departure from what the show is usually centered around, right? Like, I, we've covered a lot of topics here, but usually it has to do specifically with video gaming. And unfortunately, um, we didn't really start talking about how all of this applies to video games, of course, as the podcaster's curse, until after I turned the microphone off. And then it really just exploded into this wonderful conversation that I didn't get recorded about how things like meditation and cold submersion and or exposure of any kind or whatever applied to the video gaming industry and how we can better the video game industry both from a working standpoint and from a consumer standpoint like making VR really cool or making games just in general more immersive uh, by by playing with the human brain and body and everything. Um, so I apologize, but uh, our wonderful guest this week, Dawa and I, and Ben, uh, Ben Reichstein is also joining us here. Really, uh, it took us a good hour and a half to cover just how awesome what Dawa does is and, and how much it's affected Ben's life and our different opinions about that and everything. So I will say that if you're coming here um, because you specifically just want to hear about a video game, this podcast um, may be something you want to wait till later to check out because I've gotten both of these guys to promise like when I, when I do end up uh, in Europe again that we will all three get together and uh, maybe share a beer and uh, expand further on that unrecorded second conversation we had after this one, but I will say that, uh, yeah, if you're if you're gonna listen to this one right now, which you you should anyway, but I'm not gonna tell you to listen to something you're not necessarily interested in. I think that if you hear Ben and Dawa out, um, you'll probably do exactly like I did and feel excited about going to try to take a cold shower and seeing how difficult that is, and then imagining. Ben uh, and this this fella Dawa climbing a mountain in their you know shorts in Poland somewhere, and the the feeling of accomplishment they got, and how some somehow all of that really uh, affects Ben and his happiness and his health and his life, and that that has 
made him into one of the best damn sound designers uh, I can think of in, in any industry, period. But since we got him in video games and we got him on Stellar Valkyrie, I'm a huge fan uh, myself. And, of course, Call of Seregnar. He is the sound man on that, too. And uh, Skywind, a bunch of other stuff. So when he tells me something, uh, when you respect someone that much on a professional level, I, I usually listen, and I hope that you enjoy listening to this uh, conversation with him. I'm going to play a little bit of music by John of the Shred, because I love him. This one's going to be Midnight Turn from Rock the Warehouse, and soon you will be in the keep with Ben and Dawa. Okay, um, we are joined this week by the. I, I think Ben. Now you are. You may officially now, as of today, be the most featured guest. You may have surpassed MK Schmidt, which means that the next episode has to be MK Schmidt, possibly. As I know that that title reign means a lot to him. And then we're also joined by uh, Dawa. I've heard a lot about you, but I don't know anything about you at all. So feel free to go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell our audience who you are and what you do. Yes, I'm Dawa van den Berg, um, from the Netherlands, uh, living in Potsdam in Germany, and I am, yeah, it's always hard to, to, to see where you start with introducing, but my, <laughs> my job is I'm a Wim Hof Method instructor, so I teach people to, to face challenges, I think that's the best way to put it, Yeah. And put people in ice cold water and teach them breathing techniques. So I've been... I'm not a practitioner because you guys are in a cult as far as I'm kidding. Um, but I've been following Wim Hof's story for a very, very long time uh, from his appearances on Chris Ryan's podcast actually was where I've, I think I first heard of him possibly also on Joe Rogan, but the, the whole um, idea of submerging oneself into ice water is repulsive to the vast majority of people. And I, I'm confused over the years, but, I remember at one point, I think I was, I was talking to Tony, right, Ben? And I was like, have you heard? Like, because he kept talking about wanting to take ice baths. I'm like, have you heard of this Wim Hof guy? Like, maybe you'd be interested in that. And both of you were like, oh, we do. That's exactly what we do. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm just behind. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you in the end. So how did you how did you become a uh, a challenge coach or <laughs> whatever you want to call it? How did you get to that point? Yeah, yeah. So, um. I think broadly to, to describe a bit more broadly what I do. So I teach Wim Hof methods, but also mm -hmm. breathing techniques and movement exercises. So not just Wim Hof method, but it's a very important part of what I do with people. Um, so just to, to broader define maybe what I do and who I am. So for me, the, uh, I think the essence of what I do is finding ways of connecting. So connecting to myself and connecting to to other people and connecting to nature. But to the Wim Hof method, because it's a very important part of what I do, it's... Um, I came to it because of probably night stories and martial arts, was more specifically. So uh -huh. when I was 16, I started Kung Fu. Um, and when I liked something, I like to dive deep into it. And I went to China uh, when I was 18, so after high school, I went to China to to learn from the Shaolin monks. Uh, <laughs> oh, there are many kung fu schools around, but I but I went to China to practice kung fu. 
and there they did not have much warm water so i needed to take my cold showers and that was my in a way my epic origin story of how i got into contact with just cold exposure uh-huh um yeah and I, I liked it i liked the the challenge it gave me just this feeling of like you're very alive in the cold it's not mm -hmm. boring uh, and i like the kind of mental challenge of like you need to well literally you need to turn off a button or turn on a button but also mentally in your head you need to switch something to be able to do it to go for it and so like it's possible like mental challenge yeah exactly this this kind of like playing with yourself playing with fears and with changing your mindset to be able to do something it's, uh, like all these procrastination thoughts that you you feel and they are very clear in a cold shower. Um, yeah, and I liked it. <laughs> I, uh, it. Also, it helped me. Like in China, it was hard. I was 18. It was my first big travel and uh, I was just alone a lot and uh, got a bit depressed and then this cold water gave me... Uh, just a moment of feeling alive, feeling in my body and shutting off my thoughts in a different way. So I continued with the cold and I started to swim in cold water in the Netherlands. Uh, so I think also here, like when I enjoy something, when I want to find out more than I, I continue with it. And um, Wim Hof was already known in the Netherlands. He was not so famous back then. It was 2011, I guess. Um, yeah, but he was known from his records and he's also Dutch. So people knew about him and then people started to tell me, ah, do you know this Iceman guy? He also goes into the winter, into cold water and I thought, ah, cool. I really like to, to learn from him. And I joined a workshop and then, uh, I was almost part of the, the Rapbout study. So they did this big study on him and then on other people. Uh, and I heard from a friend that they were, were doing this scientific study with, with people that would learn from Wim Hof. And I wanted to join, but then I was not allowed to join. I even went to the, to the university hospital and I was not allowed to join uh, because I had done a workshop with him already. And I thought, ah, I really want to learn this. I went with Wim to Poland in 2013. And uh, yeah, it was... So he was famous from the records, but the method was not so known yet. I think it came later with the science and with the Vice documentary. Uh, so we were there, with, I think, five people. It was interesting to see. I was driving back with him and I just enjoyed it. Like we were climbing a mountain in shorts and doing all this crazy stuff in the cold. And I remember driving back with him and he was saying, like, oh, yeah, this method will grow. And people will love this stuff. And I was like, ah, I don't know, Wim, I like it, but we'll see. And yeah, yeah. now it's, yeah, nine years later and it's, it's really huge with, yeah. Also in the States, I guess, um, people are really, it's, it has become a hype and thousands and, and millions of people are doing it. So you said you, sh you trained, uh, in, with the Shaolin monks. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, yeah. so we may be rivals because I'm a student of the Wu Tang myself. Ah, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not really. I'm just a fan of the <laughs> the, the hip hop group. But 
Now, I, I trained uh, Shotokan karate uh, as a teenager a lot and kind of left that behind when I got into wrestling, um, which was kind of my main athletic right. thing for years until I joined the military. And then that all had to go. <laughs> so, um, But there were plenty of athletic challenges cool. uh, along that way. Um, now that that's behind me, though, things, are, things have changed. But like... So when I when I think about uh, Wim Hof's story, if I understand correctly, he he lost a a son, and the submerging himself with wife. cult, his wife. I apologize. So yeah. he had to find some way to deal with that, and then his solution was to submerge himself in cold water to like clear his mind and figure it out. But I feel like it's a lot more spiritual and uh, intimate than the way that that sounds when I say it in such a stupid sentence. Um, yeah, I think, so a part of it, in a way he deepened his practice then. He was always exploring himself. So he was in a way like a self-taught yogi. I think he found a yoga book or some yoga inspiration when he was a kid and he already started um, exploring yoga poses and also at some point the cold came into his life and for a long time he was also practicing and exploring different ways of meditating and mainly he was doing it by himself. Um, at some point he went to India and he was there and I thought, ah, I know this stuff, I, I, I don't know if I can learn from these people and then he went into a waterfall and that nature is his teacher, it's the way he usually describes it. So in a way this exploration was always there but it definitely intensified when, uh, so the, the short story is his wife committed suicide and then there was the grief and also the responsibility of still needing to take care of the children. And then in a way going into the cold and using the breathing techniques and also going into these challenges was a way for him to, to deal with his grief and to feel alive and to, to find himself again. So it, it was already before that, but it definitely intensified and he could use these things that he found to, to help himself in that way. Yeah. And then when he could help himself, it's always for him like a mission to, to spread it and to help others also to, to connect with themselves in this way. Yeah. Ben, how did you get into this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because uh, I used to really hate the cold. And um, my dad was always a very healthy and is still a very healthy person. If he gets like a cold, it's usually a little bit of sniffles for a day or two and then it's fine. And he doesn't stop working because it's just a small cold. And I was more like the guy that um, was resting for a week in bed, feeling terrible. And he always took cold showers. Um, He was very active in sports in his youth. And yeah, still to to this day is, is a very active person. And I always thought, yeah, maybe cold showers would be a good idea. And I tried it once or twice and it was just horrible and it hurt. And I thought that's not worth it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep lying in bed when I'm sick. That's fine. But um, yeah, after I saw, I think the Vice documentary was the first thing I saw about Wim Hof. And I was at a point in my life where I was just like starting to get more away from depression i would i would say i i had a, a phase in my life where i would deal with depression and that is 
the main point that connected me to it in, in the beginning and that he was talking about it, that he was saying it, it it's it's not just a, a physical thing, but it's also a mental thing to overcome your fear of the cold and to train your body to go into uncomfortable situations. And that really connected with me. That, that was the first part. And I saw the breathing and I thought, yeah, well, I mean, it's just a breathing and it sounds so spiritual. Ah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mess with that stuff. I, I just go into the cold. I, I do that. And after a while, I found that it really helped immensely with my immune system going into the cold. So I thought, okay, if this works, then I will try the breathing as well. And after I got into it, um, same as with Dao, when, I, when I'm into something, I go for it, I try it, and I, I started to deepen my practice and do it twice a week, then three times a week. Then for a year, I did it every day, just everyday breathing techniques and, and going into colds and either shower or, or an ice bath. And I actually, I was dealing with uh, asthma all my life and I had medication that I needed to take twice a day. And after I deepened the practice, I felt way better and I didn't need my medicine anymore. I was talking to my doctor and we was we were looking at our, at my uh, like lung test um, results and they were getting better and better every day. And so I, I told him I, I wanted to try it without medication and they kept being better and they kept being uh, above average and above the the results I had before I would take my medication. So yeah, now I'm medicated, uh, I'm medication free. Uh, I feel amazing. And that's, yeah, that would, that's what like keeps me going in this practice. And yeah, especially I was with Dawa in Poland um, a couple of weeks ago or it's almost a month ago now. And uh yeah, going up that mountain in the shorts, that was also like a a big part of like overcoming fear because I also was always hating the wind. Um, even even when I when I took ice baths, I was I would always always be yeah today it's very windy maybe I just take a cold shower and then. But yeah, as I was said, it's it's all about like facing the challenges, maybe like going into a bit of uncomfortable situations to give your body and your mind a wider variety of things that it can handle and uh yeah that's it's always amazing to me when i try new stuff like going up a mountain in shorts that it works and how good you can feel and how yeah how much it makes you grow um not only like physically but also like mentally um dealing with stress became way easier everything became like i don't know it just life just feels fuller after that so that's why i'm on a, <laughs> why you think i'm on a cold I don't really think that, but <laughs> it, it, yeah, there's, there's this tendency to, um, when you practice something, when you get really excited about something or when it's helpful to you to evangelize that. And I think that, uh, yeah. there's a, there, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. You know, there, there's, there are the type of people who will go around shouting in the streets, telling everybody they have to do like, you got to try this. You got to do this. Like the, the guy from SpongeBob who test yeah. tastes the, uh, the jellyfish, <laughs> Krabby Patty, the jellyfish jelly Krabby Patty for the first time. And he's just bursts into song and has to tell everyone how amazing it is. And then there's the kind of person who will uh, wait for other people to come to them and say, like, I have a problem. And then you're like, offer them a solution. And then it's up to them whether or not they take it. Um, but what's been your experience yeah. Dawa, with that? In evangelizing. <laughs> have, you, have you already tried a gold shower? 
Yeah, I've tried it. I've taken many a cold shower. Like I said, I was in the military. It's not always a... <laughs> I don't like it. It's terrible. It fucking sucks. Possibly <laughs> different approach in America. Uh, um, yeah, but... It's different in the military than, than I think the way I approach it usually. Um, I don't shout it out too much, mm-hmm. but I definitely practice it and people see. Sorry, can you ask your question maybe more specifically? Was my, my experience with spreading it or my experience selling it on the street <laughs> to everybody? <laughs> Um, I I guess what what I'm asking really is, you know, as, as someone who's, I assume this is your job, right? Like you, you do this for a living. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what's the line between walking around as a salesman and walking around as a teacher? Yeah. So I'm I'm a very, mainly I'm interested in, sharing what I care about mm-hmm. and I'm not a very good salesman, but I'm good in being enthusiastic what I care about. And then people come to me. Um, yeah, I don't like to, you know, the typical bad salesmanship of this is a cure for everybody and yeah, everybody should do this and it will save you from, from cancer and everything. But it's, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it could definitely be for most people. Um, I've seen how it helps people. And I think the beauty of cold exposure is that it's super simple. And at the same time, you can, like in a way it can sell itself. Like. It depends on how you do it, of course. If you do it in military and you need to do it, it might get get a different association. But for me, maybe first, the way I approach cold is like a, it's like a meditation. It's like a relaxation exercise. So the yeah. point is not to endure it, to suffer. Um, and it's the association that many people have with the cold. So you need to suffer and then you do something healthy or something like that. And for me, it's, it's something I enjoy. And that's the way that I can that it's easy to bring to people. Um, and I started, you know, when I started, <laughs> maybe in the beginning when I did not even know about the Wim Hof method, um, I was just going by myself into the water and people were asking about it. And it was a little bit like this Forrest Gump feeling of, he just starts running, running. and people start running with him. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me after this, I have a picture of myself on, on Forrest Gump Hill in Utah. Like exactly where he stopped and said, "I'm go- I'm going home now." <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I see. I see that it's something that people now uh, really long for. I think it's like a, a very like a, you could also see it. So independent of how I'm selling it, uh, it's selling itself. Like, or it's not really selling like cold water. uh, It's more the opposite of selling. Like you don't need money to to get into an ice bath or to get into a cold bath, to get into a cold shower. Um, But what I see like over the years, it's getting definitely more more popular, uh, especially in the Corona years where people find 
some way to get away from maybe their digital environment and to find a way to connect with their body and to get out of their mind. And for that, the cold exposure is really powerful. Um, I would assume that by the time someone comes to you and wants to go up a mountain in the cold, that they've probably taken an ice bath or two before then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So some have, some have never done it before. Yeah. Um, usually, so so in my town, I have a group, and in the winter we we swim in in the cold. Um, I don't know where I go with this story. There are many, many different ways that people join in. Some people just really want to go for the adventure and they join and travel without knowing anything before and others they have joined a workshop before. Um, there are different steps towards the mountain. Yeah. So have you ever had anyone just like keel over on you because they can't handle it? Keel over means they... Dropped out, died. I mean, it doesn't have to be dead. They fall. Like they can't do it. They physically cannot do what you're demanding of them. No, I haven't. No. That's see, that's amazing because the, um, I'm sure that anybody who's listening to this or any, any of this stuff, like, Oh, we go swimming in ice water. Most people think that's like deadly. Like you'll get hypothermia and die for sure. If you yeah, do that, yeah. like that's the vast majority so of. It's some... <laughs> a very good point. So in when I teach, then I give, <laughs> A range of possibilities for people. Um, so I definitely do not recommend an ice bath for everybody. Most people for sure, but it's not something for everybody, um, which is unfortunate because it's, it's a lot of fun to do it. Um, but it's a good point that you say. So there are still risks to ice bathing, and it's good to mention. Um, Especially so for people with high blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular, so especially like heart problems, like big cardiovascular issues um, or some like cold related diseases. So there's like cold urticaria, which is like an allergy to the cold. These people also know that ice is not so good for them, but these people <laughs> I would recommend to be very careful to avoid ice baths. Um, and then of course, you need to know what you're doing and that's really important. So in Poland, when we, so this is in a way the big adventure, you can start with cold showers and you can build it up to ice baths and build it up to different ice bath adventures. And then like walking up the mountain in shorts in Poland is a very special thing. Like we walk, we have basically shoes on and shorts. Maybe somebody has a hat on and that's, that's it. And we walk for like two hours in minus degrees uh, up a mountain. And it's definitely, so nobody has died on the mountain, um, but it's definitely an adventure. And it's not something to be, like, it's not something to be, it's not a, a high risk of dying, but you need to know what you're doing. And over right. the years, I must say that I've, my experience in guiding people has also improved a lot. And uh, like the early days we were just walking up and luckily we all made it. Um, yeah, there, there are definitely risks in cold exposure where you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I feel so, the, one of the key... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're the guest. Okay. 
yeah i just wanted to <laughs> i just want to um connect to the point <laughs> yeah i just wanted to co-host no i just wanted to connect to the point that you made earlier that you already had cold showers and you hated them like the military way of fuck yeah cold shower i mean even even as a kid even you know if if someone runs out all the hot water and you need to take a shower i've taken cold showers you know it doesn't yeah, yeah, you go in and you you cramp your your hands and maybe your teeth and then you're like, okay, right. fuck yeah, I will do this. You enter it with fear. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah. and not not just with fear, but maybe sometimes even with just disgust. <laughs> just yeah. I I hate this feeling, but I need to shower. Then I I have to get this over with. And for me, the that always was my experience. The, mm -hmm. It was always like, if I can just put the water on warm, wait until it's warm, and then go into the shower. Like really. See, that yeah, just a waste that of water. Which is, it is not a, a bad idea too. Like as a as a early practicing way, like deep to just hop in before the water gets warm and then let it come up to you. Yeah. Okay. For I example, might try that. Or, or for for me, it was uh, for me it was the other way around. After after having the shower, after you're done, just mm -hmm. put it on cold and just try to breathe slowly and go for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever. And then you slowly build it up. That that was my experience because the, the first, like going in cold was very hard for me. It took forever. But what changed in me was when my, my mindset changed. And that's a lot what, what, uh, about what Dawe also teaches is like, not like fighting the cold, not like going into it as a pure challenge. It's okay, I'm going to go in for two minutes. I'm gonna go over it, and then I'm then I'm done with it, and yeah, I made it. But like, really trying to remain calm in the in the maybe in the face of danger, because mm -hmm. right. the first thing your body does is like, shit, it's really cold. If you stay in there too long, you're gonna die. That's that's how it always felt to me. And if you can work on your mindset going into the cold, um, or at least for me, when I when I realized that that was exactly the point, like working on your mindset trying to control your breathing so you control your body um that changed that changed everything that that made me advance more mm -hmm. as i would say I, I would go up to a minute very very fast then to two minutes then one day i was like yeah okay let's just go for five minutes and, and see if i like it and after five minutes and the timer went off i was still fine i was thinking like damn i was like five minutes in a like a 10 degree shower which i never thought would be enjoyable and it was enjoyable it wasn't like i needed to go out i just set my time and then that was it but it it felt enjoyable and that that yeah that really changed something in me mentally because if that's possible what is also possible mm -hmm. like if i have a shitty depressing day and feel like i'm i'm not worth anything or i can't do anything is this also maybe just a switch in my mind that i can work on that i can like adjust and and for me it definitely was i mean it's like night and day uh, a couple of years ago and now it's night and day and actually yeah just like Dao said by doing this the first time i really experienced this i was like i wanted to preach it i wanted to run out and like convert everyone i was thinking about maybe quitting my job and becoming an instructor i'm, I'm doing this full time that's so good that's so good and yeah since then i'm calmed a bit down but um I also I also really realized that I'm yeah t spreading the word a bit by by setting an example. I mean my wife for example really really noticed my change. My change not only physically with my asthma and with my not being so tired anymore, 
not being out of breath anymore, but also mentally in being a lot calmer, especially when, when things are coming down from every direction and stress comes down, that I'm, yeah, not easily shooken. Shook, shooken? Shooken? I don't know. Not, shook. not easily thrown about. Shook. Maybe shook. Yeah. Yeah. Not easily shook by that. So uh, Shaken yeah, is the correct word, but shook yeah. gets used a lot. Shaken. Shook it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's a very good point that you say that like before maybe it gives a lot more context to why cold exposure. Like before you go into crazy adventures and world records, just this basic thing of different ways of experiencing cold shower. Like you both have in a way this different different experience of the cold shower and there are all these health benefits to the cold, but if you bring it with in a way the military style approach, you might get some of them, yeah. but it just completely misses the point for me. It's like like trying to approach a yoga class with this military mindset of I need to do this stretch correctly and I need to push myself in the stretch and then you yeah. you don't get very relaxed out of your yoga class or it's like I, I often compare it to like a massage. Like when you have a harder massage, when you can relax into it, then it's really great. And you feel very relaxed and this of pressure helps you to relax into it and but when you feel like oh it's too much pressure and you start to tense up then at the end of the massage you're even more tense than before and for me it's sometimes hard for people to to understand it when they haven't done it but with the cold exposure it can be like kind of like a massage because there's some the cold always gives you tension like literally in your body your body always reacts to the cold and just like this massage, it's a way to consciously relax and learn to consciously relax in a place where it's difficult to relax. That's a really good point is uh, like uh, approaching things like um, from the mindset that you have to endure it. Like it's like, like this is just going to be bad is, is very much like that. That is in a nutshell, kind of how the military trains you to do things. Um, and not just the military, but life in general. I think most people are just generally like repulsed by uncomfortable, anything that's uncomfortable and comfort is like the absence of input. Like com- comfort is, uh, I don't feel anything essentially like almost numbness in many ways, um, would be a good way to describe it. Like it, when you get into a bed, if it's too hard, it's not comfortable. If it's too soft, it's not comfortable. But when you get to where you can just relax, that's comfort. And that's what most people, um, sort of do. Yeah. I, I had actually already been into meditation and yoga for a long time before I, I joined and which was hugely beneficial. I actually taught yoga classes um, to a lot of my squad mates because I could tell like this would be beneficial to them. And, and that's not something they think about stretching and j- just stretching alone or breathing alone mm-hmm. are things that most people just never think about. They're autonomic. You know, you go run a mile and a half and then you just stop and you're like, okay, well I'm done now. Like, no, 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 no. Like you're going to feel like shit later. Let's Let's fix that. Yeah, in um, martial arts, this principle is so so present mm-hmm. um, of this path of least resistance, but then at the same time, like so, finding this this interesting mix between tension and relaxation. It's not this on and off switch. Like either you're completely relaxed and you're hanging uh, in your bed or on the couch, and that's relaxation. Or 
there's the opposite <laughs> of your suffering and in discomfort. There's just like these these two polars, or either you're completely relaxed or you're suffering in the military. And there are so many more <laughs> beautiful things in between, like also in, in a punch in martial arts, <laughs> you need relaxation. Um, when you're kicking, when you're wrestling, um, you need strength, of course, and you need tension, but at the same time, there's a lot of tension that is that you don't need. And learning to find which tension is maybe there because you're afraid, or maybe in martial art, afraid of your opponent and you start to freeze up or, uh, yeah, in any situation, there's a lot of excessive tension, tension that you don't need and that's hindering you. Um, and what I like about the cold is that it's very clear. It's, it's like a, a laboratory setting where you can learn to feel when tension comes up and learning to find ways to relax into it. Because there's just this, this little tube of your shower and you're there naked. And there's this mental part of you have no excuses. You're standing there and you're maybe waiting till the shower gets cold or the shower gets warm. And then these 30 seconds, there are no excuses. You cannot... Um, I find it very interesting, like the first year when I was swimming in the cold water, it helped me for to become more aware of procrastination and how procrastination works in my mind. Like usually on your laptop, then you can find excuses and like, uh, I'll just watch the news first or I make mm -hmm. up this or I start doing this. But in the cold, there's nothing else you can do. Like it becomes clear that they're just mental excuses. So sometimes I would... I could go to the river next to my house and I would stand there in my swimming short and try to rationalize the best way to go in. And it was just going in and relaxing. But then I could think about it for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but I would know it's bullshit. I cannot think myself into the water. And so for this mental aspect, cold exposure is very interesting because it makes you aware of these kind of thinking habits. And at the same time, it teaches you how to consciously change them. You need to do something, you cannot think yourself in, but you need to do something to shut off these thoughts and just go in, just go for it. Um, that's the first part in a way that the cold can teach you, this like mental shutting off your thoughts and going for it even when you're afraid. Um, and then the second part is to then learn to, instead of suffer, to relax into it. So there's this, like a thing that Wim says a lot is to extend your comfort zone, which to me doesn't mean that you should be discomfortable all the time. It's the opposite. It's so to find comfort, not just on your couch, but also in different situations where it's maybe a lot harder. And the goal is a good practice ground. But in the end, for me, it's not it's not about the cold. Like it's a, maybe a metaphor for, for anything hard in life. And the cold is just a very nice practice ground to learn to consciously relax into difficult environments. And then you can use the same tools. You can use the breathing. You can use 
any mental tricks that you learn in the cold and then start to apply it for other difficult situations. Um, yeah, so the cold is a metaphor and a way to to learn to relax. So why cold and not heat? I know that Wem has done like desert walks before. Like I, I think that we, we've focused a lot on cold and you, you guys obviously have a, a lot better access to cold than I do. I, I live in South Alabama right now and prior to this, I lived in the Sonoran Desert. So uh, cold was not an option, but I could go out and run in like, uh, like we'll say like 46 degree heat during the summertime and feel very similarly to like what you're describing here. But is there a scientific reason why cold or is it just extreme in general? Uh, um, cold has some, in a way, like anything could use, could be useful for this. Like you could, in a way, saunas, you could also practice to relax into the heat. Uh, probably. So, you, do you have saunas? Are they popular? Not, they're not really popular where I live, but that, I mean, I'm sure if I went looking for a sauna, I could find one. Yeah. Health in general in America is uh, not popular. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive. That's a problem. I think also true. It's more for like northern cold countries where people find some heat. Um, saunas are for rich people. So um, <laughs> the principle you can apply to anything. Yeah. Um, so something that Wim likes to say is like it's not about the cold. It's not about the breathing. Like he's famous for the cold, and I think the cold is especially suited for it because it's just such a easy and clear thing. It's just going in, relaxing, going out. It's more complex with, uh, for example, martial arts. There are so many different factors. With cold exposure, it's just such a clear mirror. Like you know. You can't be, you can't really fake it. Like with, for example, martial arts, when somebody's strong, even when they don't have technique, they can come really far. But with the cold exposure, when you have a really strong guy and he cannot relax and he cannot stay long. And sometimes really interesting to see that there's like a very tough CrossFit guy going into the water and he's trying to force it. He's trying to use what he's usually using and he's like pumping up his muscles and standing there very muscular till his knees and then he doesn't dare to go further and at the same time i've seen it many times that if they approach it from this i need to force it they cannot stay very long and then like a 50 year old woman who does some yoga next to him is sitting in the water comfortably very relaxed smiling and uh yeah the cold is is a very good mirror also from how you approach things. Um, so it's something I like about the cold specifically, but the general principle you can also apply to, well, to anything. How do you deal with failure? Uh, failure is such an important part. Um, in general or in, in specific circumstances? Well, as a coach, if you're dealing with somebody who, like you said, the, the, the CrossFit guy who can't get in the water next to the, yeah. the the little lady, like, how do you how do you get him to the point that he wants to be at, or does he have to make it up make up his mind for himself? I, I don't understand. It depends on on. So of course, it's about 
it depends on what the goal is. So for me, the goal is finding a way to get to know yourself better. <laughs> In that sense, they both get a good mirror. Um, this this example was not really in a in a workshop. Usually in a workshop, I give a little bit more build up, where most people will um, will find that there are different levels what they what they add. But um, so this is more kind of technically how I coach people, and then there's in a way no failure. There's just you come to a point where you're at at this moment. Um, and for the first time, it's just trying out the cold water. And in the day workshop, it's uh, the goal is to find some sense of relaxation. And for some people, it will be more. And most people will be able to relax into a cold bath easily. There's also some more buildup. And that's also the breathing exercises come in. So in a, in a day workshop, there's the ice bath. But there's also a whole buildup in small steps where I teach people to to give little tools to use the breath to relax. Um, so more specifically to your question, how I deal with failure, uh, usually I set up the workshop in such a way that it doesn't feel like failure when they can't go as far. Um, but failure is beautiful. Like for myself personally, I don't always go into the cold long. Like I've been doing it for 12 years now, I guess. Um, and sometimes I still go into the cold water for like 10 seconds. Sometimes it's 10 minutes and it depends on how I feel. And it gives me a lot of feedback. Like for me, how I, how I feel in the cold water tells me about how I feel uh, mentally, physically as well. Um, and then sometimes I have expectations of how long I want to go and then it might not work out that way as, uh, in reality. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just really good feedback. Yeah. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I thought Ben had a, something to add on, but it seems like he... Uh just drifted into waiting for waiting for that story yeah, to be over. Yeah, no, I mean Yeah, no that's that's uh that's essentially it. I mean uh I just wanted to add that that one thing for me is uh, as Don just said it's it's like a very you can't fake it kind of thing and it's uh after you like learned it what the core idea behind the method is uh it's not like I feel I have to buy something every week or I have to have a gym membership to like advance or something like that. It's not like a, it always feels to me when I talk to other people, they think like you have to take a course and then you have to take like the, the, the master course. And then you have to have like a 12, I don't know, 12 month study to get farther <laughs> and farther. just like, or just like with martial arts, you have belts and, and ranks and something like that. But it's, it's such a, like, very core and, and simple idea for me. And uh, every time I, I had challenges, especially in Poland, for example, we were walking up the mountain and the, the guy before me, Christian is his name, uh, shout out to Christian. 
He has uh, tattoos on his uh, elbows, on the left one inhale, on the right one exhale. So he's, he was walking in front of me <laughs> and I was thinking like, okay, yeah, so the wind is coming now and then it's probably, it will be harder. Maybe I should like put my, my arms under my, uh, my fingers under my arms or something like that. And I was just reading inhale, exhale before me. And I was just thinking like, yeah, yeah, it's not overthink it. Just be in the moment, just listen to your body and that's it. And it always comes back to this. And that's why I why I feel that I maybe, especially in the beginning, was like, I want to preach this from the rooftop because it's just, it's not about selling anything. It's not about like uh, a, a way where you have to get more complex every day or, or yeah, like it, it's a very simple idea. And once you, once you found it for yourself, you can teach yourself every day and that's just it and that's well, that's it, what makes it so interesting to me you say it's not about selling anything but dao has got to make a living yeah and i i sincerely hope uh, i like you dao but i sincerely hope that in the future in the far far future you don't have this job anymore because most people know that um and and for me for example i i will go to poland again with you because i really like it but for me it's the next time i go it will be because I like it. I will have an experience with someone who um, makes sure I will get up the mountain uh, up and down safely. We will have a week of like breathing together, going in ice baths together in a group, having fun. And uh, it's not, I don't feel like I need to do this because it's like, it deepens my knowledge of it or something like that. Um, probably it will by connecting with other people, but I could also do this at, at home. It's not like I've, I don't feel I, I need anything more. Uh, I just need the basics and then you can go for it. And whatever feels nice to you, maybe you, you find a group of 10 people and do it, or maybe you just stay at home and do it in, in your shower and you think about it. And just like Dawa says, for me, it's the same. When I, when I go into the shower and I feel like after 10 seconds, it's really hard today, I already notice, okay, today my mind is preoccupied. Maybe take it a bit slow. Don't be hard on yourself if you feel stressed. And that makes the whole day easier. It's like an, yeah, just like a signal for me now. That's really, yeah, that really resonated with me. It's 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 the same for me. It's like a, just helps me listen to my body and mind way more easy. Yeah. Yeah. So about failure, some more thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think failure is, it depends on what, what your goal is with cold exposure. And... I think there people are often confused because they see Wim Hof and they see his big records and they think, ah, I should learn to stay in the cold for a very long time. And if I can't stay in the cold for a very long time, then I failed. And I did not succeed in learning magical superpowers. Um, and for me, it's so on the outside, we talk now about the cold a lot. There's also the breathing exercise, of course, where people can feel that they feel. On the outside, people think the Wim Hof method is about learning how to breathe and learning how to stay in the cold for a very long time. And it has a lot to do with what we do, but it's not what it is about. So it's not about learning how to breathe, because if you're alive, you usually know how to breathe. <laughs> um, but it's more about using breathing techniques and cold exposure for transformation. So in a way, using it more to 
to get to know yourself better, to change your state of mind, to change your state of your body. Um, so in a way, like I really don't care about how long people can stay in the cold water, if they can stay an hour or 10 minutes. And it's not something that is, that is important to me. Like for me, it's not a goal to stay in the cold for as long as possible. I'm not training a marathon to, or whatever. Um, it's not a competition. Hoff method. It's not a competition, exactly. And challenges are still, it's, it's this interesting dynamic. Challenges are interesting though. So long times in the cold can be very interesting, but then it depends on what your goal is with this challenge. So in the beginning, when I started with the method and I thought, ah, I need to get these superpowers because then people will like me or like there, there's this big ego factor in, in many people that start with cold showers or start with ice baths. They think, ah, I can do this and then I'm really cool. Um, <laughs> um, and then you can also feel because you can feel to, to feel how long you can actually stay. And there's this, uh, I'll, I'll make it a bit more concrete to an example. So when I started with the Wim Hof method and I started to become an instructor and I thought ah, I should be a really, really good instructor. So I took it way too serious. Um, and I started to take very long like ice baths and then got like mild hypothermia a couple of times just because I was exaggerating too much. It's not what the Wim Hof method is about. And and you can just feel in feeling your body, which is more important. And the cold gives you where you're at. It's this like big ego breaker. When you think you can do it, uh, the cold shows you that maybe you're not there yet. And then you shiver and suffer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I had a couple of times these experiences where it's like, uh, okay, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, and these, these experiences were very good learnings for me. So different kind of failure. And for me, the goal is to, to just have fun in the cold, to learn to get to know yourself better, to be healthy, to relax under pressure, uh, to challenge yourself. And then mm -hmm. in a way, there's no failure. There's just experiences. Um, but if you have a different goal, if you need performance, then there are many ways that you can fail. So, the, whole, the the idea of it not being a competition is is quite important. I I uh, typically when I go for runs, like it's never like because I'm trying to race anyone or whatever. But if I'm running down the sidewalk and I see someone ahead of me who's definitely booking it, I'm highly motivated to pass them. Like that, and that's just like a personal challenge. Like I want to pass that person, and then once I get in front of them, I'll slow down. <laughs> like, but, um, and I think a lot of people have that mindset, but one of the things that keeps coming to mind is in any situation that's uncomfortable, no matter what it is, breathing is fundamentally what sets the, the succeeders from the failures apart, or at least for me. Mm -hmm. um, if you're running and you start hyperventilating, you will fail. But if you can keep that in, in, out, out, like steady breathing going, you can run until your knees fall out from underneath you usually, or at least, I know a lot of people who can, um, and that's very difficult to teach someone because you just tell them like, just breathe, just breathe. And they, they're like, I physically can't breathe. I can't do it. 
And it's because they've made it up in their mind that they can't do it, not because they can't. You could take a really out of shape person and if they can just get into the right mindset, go way further than they actually think they can. If you're climbing a mountain, I've never climbed a a snowy mountain because I've never been to a snowy mountain really, but I've climbed uh, a few different mountains in California and uh, Arizona. And I would have people who were just like, they almost they were a mile from the summit. Like we're almost there. And then they just, I just can't go any further. I just can't. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure you can, like you made it this far. You can make it another mile, but it is difficult uh, to motivate someone to think of their ability in a different way. And it's really beautiful that you do that. Um, that's a unique skill that I don't think everyone has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's a very good example of the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. I like to, in, in teaching people to, to do something extreme like that. Um, it's exactly like you described. I, I want to be able to teach people like this simple skill, this really simple skill of using their breath and using relaxation. And in a way, I see my task as finding exercises that help people to break down and to give them little steps to integrate it so that it also becomes like at the moment that people are in this challenge when they are really running and it's not the best moment to tell them about the breath there's too much else going on Um, but if you can maybe do an exercise where they walk and they walk and count their breath and that becomes a habit to to use the breath then it's easier and then we slowly build it up and then we very quickly build it up and then at some point it's it's very easy to walk up a mountain with the group yeah pick me yes okay thank you thank you teacher um <laughs> so people think um from the outside who've never practiced meditation that meditating means sitting cross-legged in the floor with your eyes closed humming or whatever. And that practice is useful. Sure. I mean, you can do that and it's, I've done that many times, but practicing meditation while you're, I think people generally call this mindfulness now, but you can be walking, you could be running or whatever, but it's the practice of not getting all of the thoughts out of your head, but recognizing when, when a thought in some cases, a negative thought or anything uh, takes you away from what you're doing and then being able to reach out and say like, I recognize that I've done that and not beating yourself up for it. Not saying like, Oh, I failed and giving up then, but just bringing it back and then continuing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue. Your thought. No, that, that's just been my, that's been my experience. And I, I wish that I knew better how to convey that to others who are interested I, for me for me the cold i, I keep <laughs> going back to the cold but yeah um i've had many people that like after an ice bath said ah, now i understand like what this mindfulness teacher was was meaning mm-hmm. say like going back to your breath and it's this beautiful like inbuilt feedback system like i've also done meditating shorts outside and the challenge but also in a way it's easier 
to relax because like once you relax and once you focus on your breath then it's okay to be in the cold you feel the cold but you're relaxed but then every time that your thoughts start drifting off then immediately you start to tense up so you have like this feedback system of you need to focus on your breath so in, in a way in a sometimes in a gentle sometimes in a less gentle way the cold is reminding you of, okay you need to go to your, back to your breath when you start thinking then you start tensing up so there's this uh, feedback system in the cold that makes it very very concrete for people what it means to be in the moment and to follow their breath they can immediately feel it and i think it, it's nice that you brought in the, the mindfulness because it's for me um, like a great way for people to feel this feeling of being in the moment because they need to be to be able to stay in the water mm -hmm. and because of this necessity they get there much faster um, and so usually I also include a lot of like meditation or mindfulness exercises and for me the Wim Hof breathing is also there like Wim Hof breathing and the breathing techniques they are an easy way to help people to relax in an environment where it's very easy to relax. And then how the breathing and cold are for me connected is first you learn how to relax deeply. And the deep breathing and the breath holds, they really help to go to deep places of relaxation in yourself. But then once you find this relaxation, then it's interesting to see if you can also find it in places where it's usually more difficult to find it. So I usually like to include some movement exercises, some like movement fighting games, where there's like a little bit of tension and then relaxing and then introducing like little reminders to breathe. So for example, um, like collective sighs, like you're sighing in as if you're very relieved. You could try it out now, also for the listeners maybe. So you just take <laughs> a deep breath in, the deep sigh out of relief, as if you're very relieved. Breathing in and letting go. And one more time. Acting as if you're very relieved. Let's just do a whole podcast that's like an hour of us just breathing in and out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I already recorded it in Poland. Okay. Good. Um, Beat you to it. <laughs> we can continue. Um, yeah, like these little reminders. So, this is more like the technical how do I introduce it to people? First, sighing is just there's something natural when we're relaxed, when we feel relaxed, and we start sighing. But also when we consciously take control of our breath, we can relax ourselves or make ourselves energetic. Like breath is, in that sense, to make a bigger breath is like this key between body and mind. When something changes about the way we, we feel, like emotionally, mentally, it will have an effect on our breath. When we're right. excitedly talking about breath, then our breath will go up. Um, when we're relaxed, then the breath will calm down. Um, also, of course, if we're running, then the breath will change when we are waking up. 
<laughs> big yawns and the breath will change. And like most of this is known to people. Like we know that our breath is different when we're stressed and our breath is different when we're relaxed. Um, but it's, it's not just relaxation and stress. Like our breath is changing any moment that something is changing. Um, and I like, usually like to do like an exercise with people just to make them aware of how often the breath is changing. Like you can think of an emotion like anger and think about how the breath is changing, like kind of like this. Uh, it's harder when you can't show it to people, but for the listeners at home, <laughs> you can imagine that you're angry and imagine how your breath is changing. Of course, there are different kinds of anger, but it can be like a bull, like ready to charge or just holding your breath out of anger. But any emotion has an effect on your breath when you're um, full of joy or when you're, you get a present or you're scared and it's like, <gasps> your breath is changing. When you're crying, <sighs> your breath is changing. And any kind of physical um, change will have an effect on your breath as well. When there's tension, you will breathe differently. When your body is working, you'll breathe differently. So we do a lot of like mindfulness to become aware of our breath, to become more aware of how we're actually feeling. But then the second part, and that's often neglected, is that um, it's not a one-way street, so it's not just that our breath is changing depending on our emotions and our bodily state, but also by consciously changing the way we breathe, we can get into one of these emotions or change our state of mind, get ourselves more relaxed. And it's, again, it's such a simple principle that it's easy as like, easiest way is just make your breath calm and you start to become more calm. And it's a very easy principle, and then there are a hundred different breathing techniques um, and different nuances to it. Um, but the principle is you change the way you breathe. You could, sometimes like even little children do it. Like um, sometimes uh, I saw like a child uh, was hurting itself and then was walking up to mama and then I started to breathe as if it was crying. <laughs> And then triggering for itself tears. Um, yep. Like you could make yourself angry just by breathing as if you're angry. These are less, less useful maybe in daily life, but <laughs> uh, it's still the same principle. With your breath, you can change your state of mind. And then, of course, once you get more experience with consciously becoming aware of your breath, consciously changing it, then you can start to use it different challenges and calming yourself when you're faced with a challenge now i i heard this in the past like uh, when i was a kid i mean maybe 12 13 that yeah if you're angry or if you're stressed just like breathe in and out five times ten times uh, slowly and for me i'm i'm a very stubborn person and especially as a kid i always wanted to understand why something would do something and if i didn't understand it i wouldn't it, it just wouldn't register so i had a really hard time in school um trying to i mean i needed practical 
stuff. I needed to feel it. I needed to understand it and needed the knowledge. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, just like Dower said is where where it like changed for me with the cold. When you have this principle, okay, you can make yourself calm by breathing calm, and then you apply it immediately in a situation where you go into a very cold cold river, and you you know this and you can use it and you have an instant effect and you can instantly tell okay this works and how does my body feel um if i if my thoughts wander off i realize i'm getting cold and then i realize oh i'm getting cold because my breathing is suddenly out of out of timing out of rhythm or maybe faster and it all comes back to like really learning it hands on and that's what yeah what made it click for me in my mind but yeah that's that's the principle of making yourself calm by breathing calm or making yourself hyped up by breathing i mean i also used it for sport for example i also used it to to hype myself up before like pull-ups or, or push-ups and that also worked and that's yeah it was just like a mind-blowing for me to just change my my bodily functions by just breathing differently so so now do you do you find that a lot of the people that come to you have like trauma or chronic pain because this seems like the sort of thing that that would be really useful for Mm -hmm. PTSD. Uh, It's um, very diverse. Anything like that. But the reason that people come, come to, um, but definitely, um, yeah, I've seen people with chronic pain with trauma, uh, definitely getting a lot of help with this. So both of the breathing and of the cold. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Many, many soldiers as well um, coming out of war, PTSD. And then for them, uh, there's, there's one story of uh, instructor. Now, now a very, uh, now an instructor, but he came... Uh, yeah, with PTSD out of the war and was self-medicalizing himself uh, with alcohol. Um, and for him, breathing and the cold was a way to learn to feel again. Like there's, there's this dysregulation where there's just too much to feel and at the same time it's hard to feel the body. And... So now I won't, don't want to go into the details of how it works in the body. Also because I don't know the details. I know the rough, <laughs> the rough outline. I have some, some hypothesis of how it might work in the body. Um, but I've seen for many people that it works. That this um, there's, there's both the mental and the physical part of it. Um, one is... So... Um, just to, to give one some some hypothesis. So of course, inflammation is a big big part of it. Just especially for like chronic pain, uh, possibly also for depression. Um, and cold works uh, anti-inflammatory breathing exercises. So another part is just this mental part of. So also for people suffering from depression as well, the cold brings you for a moment out of it. Um, there's this, this moment of feeling alive and feeling instead of being in this gray cloud inside of your head, suddenly feeling the sun. And these, these little moments of 
um, yeah, getting into into the sun can help as well um, to deal with situations of trauma, situations of depression. This is my not very clear explanation, but uh, <laughs> I'm not very sharp anymore. But answer um, yes. Yeah, I've had a lot of people. But <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I've explained it's, this better. Um, it's not. Yes. It's not your first language either. Like we have to be patient. <laughs> ben, how is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> how is this? relevant to our audience and the, the people that we generally um, speak to, because we, we are in this extremely um, sedentary business where the vast majority of people, um, not, not just our business, but I think the modern world in general sort of puts people into these situations that are sedentary and they grow comfortable in that lifestyle and never extend from it. But how, how does how has this changed your life? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from the health benefits, as, as I already explained, um, for me personally, that was like a big change, but also like this, uh, yeah, this coming back to the, the moments of sunshine, which I really like the, the, this picture, um, especially for, I would say, game developers or broader speaking people who are working a lot on their computers and especially with different, maybe different languages, different social medias, having a lot going on uh, from day to day. I mean, I, for example, am on my laptop for eight hours uh, speaking German and English and having meetings and learning stuff and maybe checking Twitter from time to time. So it's like a constant stream of information and emotions that, um, yeah, I personally think, or maybe more more than just me, I, I think uh, a lot of people think that that we are not built for that kind of flood of fast-changing information and, and emotions because the technology is there yet, but uh, yeah, our bodies and minds are, are trying to cope with it as good as we can. But um, I mean, there are a lot of people that get depression from social media and get like overwhelmed and get depression and, and 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 anxiety and stuff like that so uh for me and i think also for hopefully for people in our audiences that maybe struggle with anxiety or maybe feel like they are stressed every day especially after just waking up and thinking already about like oh i'm gonna have to write this email and i'm gonna have to contact this guy and this this person and uh, I, I can't forget next week I have to finish this up um, which also was my life for, for a lot of um, moments then um, maybe finding a way to connect to yourself and, and, and getting that pure feeling of being alive and nothing else which is just that feeling if you're taking an ice bath especially like the first couple of times it's really intense it's really everything becomes just mundane and not important and that for me helped put a lot of stuff into perspective and lowered my stress level a lot and I feel that can be hopefully useful for a lot of people um, that maybe wouldn't come in, in contact with, with the method or with like breathing techniques or cold exposure because it's just like a oh that the guy from Instagram that does this stunt or something like that and then they don't really like 
maybe don't go into that and maybe just think it's a fad or something like that, especially with, with the social media portrayal of it. Um, I, for one, feel if I if I had like come to the Wim Hof method maybe just via Instagram or something like that, I wouldn't have tried it because it's just like oftentimes like influencers or something like that that have the widest reach and it just feels like a lifestyle fad or something and it's very, yeah, I think very just on the surface and, and, and just feels like a stunt. Yeah. So I hope that by just explaining to people what it's about and, and maybe that it's about connecting with one, one, oneself and, and getting to know your body signals more that hopefully helps because that gets lost when you're, when you're working, especially in tech all day, because you have so much information, so much, you have the light from the monitor, you have the information, you have the emotion and uh, the con context switches, which are constant, which is like, now it's this topic, then it's this topic. Um, then I'm watching a series for my lunch break to relax, but actually I'm not relaxing. I'm just switching context again to something else. And um, yeah, that's hopefully can be useful for people to get back to something more rudimentary, something more natural, maybe even. Yeah. Would you say that it's made you more productive? It made me more focused for okay. sure. I, I don't think I'm more productive, but <laughs> I feel less stressed after the same amount of work I did. <laughs> and that was really interesting for me because at first I thought, oh, well, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm doing way less work. I'm just relaxing more and more. Um, but that's not the case. I just, when I am having a hard day and I know my body more, I stop earlier. So I feel relaxed in the evening. And when I feel like I can, like churn out another piece of sound design maybe or, or or write something i just do that and overall the productivity is the same but i'm not pushing myself unnecessarily so for me um especially the last two years while i'm while i started to really went more and more into the practice and uh, learned to listen to my body more um i haven't slowed down but i feel a lot better i i just I just pick my battles and I think in the past I may have done more, but it was like not really productive. I just maybe hunkered down on something for four hours, which was maybe a half an hour job um, that I could have done the next day in half an hour. But it was like just this, this point of being stressed and trying to finish everything. And yeah, I think not very, I, I wouldn't say I, I'm more productive but I certainly feel a lot better and am more healthier. So that's, yeah. yeah, a win in my book. That's something that um, we did a lot in the Air Force, um, where you would have someone who is extremely motivated and really wants to work hard and is willing to go 16 hours possibly. And you just have to tell them like, no, go home. Stop. <laughs> Don't think about this anymore. Come back tomorrow and we'll deal with this. Like, um, and I'm equally as guilty as anyone else of doing that. I mean, Ben, you know me well enough to know, like I'm, I, yeah. I'll be up, at, you know, way too many hours of, of the night, um, uh, attempting to get everything done and then end up, you know, then I've crashed for yeah, 10 hours or something like that. And I've lost my entire next day when I would have been productive. Um, I've gotten better about it recently, yep. but yeah, that's hugely important for me. Sometimes it's also kind of like, um, uh, like a, 
I think I don't know if it was Carl Newport. I read it in, in one of his books. I don't know if he coined the term, but like a shutdown ritual after work mm-hmm. um, is helpful to to not get exactly like you described to keep on working, keep on working, but then be the next day um, not productive at all. And for me, some of the exercises help for me to switch from working to now it's time to relax. So that there's not still the work um, in the relax, in time where you actually just want to enjoy and relax and not be too much in your head with work. This is a lesson that I learned far too late in life, but I'm the kind of guy who would like wake up in the morning already in his uniform because I went to bed in my uniform and then never feel relaxed. And just the simple act of like, okay, it's five o'clock. I'm putting my shorts on, you know, is it makes a huge difference. (laughs) And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And these rituals. Yeah. I I like rituals in a way. And I think people like rituals and they just don't know it. People like rituals for sure. Yes. (laughs) And then adding cold and breathing to your ritual will make your rituals more powerful. Um, Yeah. And in a way, so going back to what I sell, I don't sell like the cold. People can do the cold (laughs) by themselves. I can give them some tips. And uh, yeah, I mean, it helps to have some tips, but the cold you can learn fast. Um, But I give rituals and ways of, just different ways of enjoying it. Right. It's like running a a bar. guide on the Come, you come for the drinks and you stay for the conversation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, I create a setting where people can come. Um, that that's more of my work than teaching them how to stay long. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes creating the setting is creating the possibility to stay in the cold for a long time. It's like a special acquired pleasure. But um, yeah, yeah. In in like travels or workshops, I think my main main work is to. You create a space where where people can grow in their own space. Um, I give some tips. Some I'm like a like a tour guide. I give some different sites, some different recommendations on on how to travel in the breathing or in the in the adventures. Um, yeah, but people do the work by themselves. Do you ever run into situations where like you yourself feel like you're not um, able to? do that for people? Like, do you ever have days when you just feel like absolute shit and can't do it? <laughs> yeah. <of course>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. A, a lot of your shaman and guru type people will never let anyone see them that way. And that I sort know, of creates this false yeah. prophet uh, mentality. Yeah. Yeah. A very interesting question. Yeah. For me, that's, um, it's very interesting. Like I know I could be, if I ever want to turn to the, to the dark side, I could maybe make my accent a bit stronger and come to the States. It's like a, a son of shamans and, and be, like it's, it's easy to start a cult. Um, <laughs> it's something that I try to, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely tricky. I, I'm, I've thought about it a lot and, um, I think for me, the method is not about 
it's it's a joke Wim likes to make. Like, if it's about becoming superhuman, then it's about like redefining what it means to be superhuman. Like, it's it's being very human to be human in all different aspects. So I feel definitely I feel in my shutdown rituals and um, I get nervous. I fuck up. Of course, um, I'm not there to be like the guru that people need to follow. Right. I'm more like, uh, like setting the stage where people can, can learn. Um, yeah. And, and, and there's definitely a danger in, in becoming the shaman that <laughs> knows how to, how to do everything. And especially, yeah, I've seen people <laughs> mess up there a lot. Yeah, and you start banging people's wives, and next thing you know, you're, you're buying a compound out in Oregon somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I saw that on Netflix. Yeah, I, was, I it. <laughs> uh, was it Wild Wild Country? Right, the that gentleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bagram. Yeah, yeah. Bagram um, Al Raznish, I think is his name. Is he still around? I don't know. I don't know. No, Man, no, some, uh, Osho is this more more known name. All oh, right. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting position in um, within this because it's 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 like this mixture of different fields. There's new age. There's biohacking and personal, definitely personal development. And within the personal development field. And within like the way things are communicated on Instagram where everything is perfect. Um, yeah. It's definitely something that I needed to, to learn as well. And I'm still like exploring different ways of, um, you want to be there for people. And at the same time, you want to be real and not give a fake image. Um, but in general, I found out so when I have a shit day, I still can do it. <laughs> um, then, then afterwards, I crash down. <laughs> <laughs> but when I need to, then then it's there, and it's it definitely the Wim Hof practice helped with me with that as well. Like I know that I don't always feel good, <laughs> and that I'm not always very productive. Um, but at the same time, there, there's so much power and so much like inner strength that I've discovered through all these challenges. And sometimes it goes away and sometimes I don't feel it as much, but I know it's there and I know when I need it. So if I would have a really shit day, I need to take people on the mountain. I know I can be a very relaxed version of myself. And yeah, I've, I've felt that many times that when it's needed, I can be there and I can be like that part of me. Uh, I, I really lo love the documentary Kumare. Um, it's, it's about a guy who impersonates a guru. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very funny documentary. Um, but then it, 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 it's like, it's really funny, a bit of a detour, but Kumare I can recommend for sure. Um, it's a documentary about a guy who's interested in, in why people follow gurus and he, decides to impersonate a guru 
and has a beautiful Indian accent and beard, <laughs> and people start to follow him. And in the beginning, it starts just as this kind of making fun of people. How, why, why do people f follow gurus? But then at the same time, he starts to get attached to his role as a guru. And he finds it also difficult because he really becomes this guru <laughs> person. He becomes right. the best part of himself. And, um, and he, he finds it difficult to unmask himself. And in a way, in every person, there, there are these different personalities, these different roles. And there's like a, a guru role in me. Like there's, when I'm teaching, then usually I can be very relaxed and mindful and full of compassion for people um, because it's a part of myself. Then maybe the week after I, then I crash down and then I'm the other part of myself, but uh, both parts are there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's good to be aware of it. Um, in the beginning, then I got very attached to this, <laughs> this guru part of myself that I was then at times. Um, but then you just feel bad when you're not always perfect and productive and a guru. Um, yeah. So I, I've prepared a, a few, what I will call fun questions, um, that I'd like to in, inject. <laughs> so. And you don't have to answer anything that you don't want to, but I am curious. Do you find that um, people who show up at your workshops and grow attached to it and continue with the method start to look up to you in like potentially unhealthy ways? For instance, like, do you find that I know a lot of yoga instructors, for example, will end up in these situations where their students are extremely attracted to them and Hmm. that that can be bad it could also be good i guess but <laughs> depends on your perspective um i think it's, it depends on how you portray yourself as well and it's definitely when i'm teaching, I create an environment where people feel very connected. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's almost maybe like, like you create a setting where people feel this spark of life, where it's kind of like being in love, being in love them, not with a person, but with life. Right. And a way of, cause they're, they're the breathing exercise that make you relax. They're, they're shared challenges that, that connect people to each other because these masks go away. Um, and then people start to get insights because they're out of their normal life and uh, it helps them to connect with people and people mirror you. And they definitely, so many people had life-changing experiences in these travels. And then it can become tricky, of course, um, because I'm the person guiding it. Um, and that, so definitely people can project it on me. Like I am the person who changed their life. Um, but I think at the same time, I'm quite honest in, in my limitations. <laughs> um, so in a way, of course, there's always some projection because 
I'm a, I'm a very good part of myself in a week like that. And I'm the person guiding it. And there's this process of just falling in love with life and feeling connected to everybody. So then you're also in this setting, then you're, you're the nice part of yourself. Right. Um, so definitely people, people know me only from that setting. So they know one part of me, which is a part that I enjoy. Um, which is still very real. So I'm not, I at least try not to, not to fake my, my mindfulness too much. Um, uh, and I think because of that, there's not too much, uh, uh, not too much drama around it or problems, (laughs) but maybe Ben is the better person to, uh, Yeah, I just I just wanted to to give the the outside perspective. Uh, um, that that is something that wants to that fuck I you. That's what he's there. trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, I mean that that is also something that I found very interesting. That it didn't feel like uh, uh, some people when I when I talked to them about I'm going to Poland, I'm going up a mountain, I have like this kind of retreat adventure for one week. And there always comes this like, uh, oh, yeah, you're going to some sort of guru or something like that. But um, first of all, there's not only you there, but also Josephine was there. And also I felt like what really was great that it wasn't, at least for me, not about you or Josephine as a person. And that was like you, you were the superhumans teaching us how to do something. But as you said, you 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 made this experience for us all to grow and to learn from each other. And I think fondly about this week, but not only about you as the instructor, but also about people that I connected with there that I'm still in contact with and hopefully for a long time. So it felt more like, um, yeah, like being on a vacation or adventure vacation with a group of friends. So, um, I, I think that pretty much was your intention to not be like the superhuman person there. And you, you did a great job of teaching us stuff, but it also, for me at least, didn't ever feel like you were like a god there and we were all following you. So it was more like a shared experience, connecting people. And um, I was really impressed with your with your techniques of bringing people together. And that was really that was a really nice surprise for me because for me it was like, okay, I'm going on that adventure. I'm going up the mountain. I'm going to go ice bathing. Um, but in the end, it was more about dealing with stress and connecting with other people that I didn't expect. And um, yeah, so I think at least from my experience, um, it's not like a guru teaching for a week and people just listening. It's more a, a space for a shared experience. Yeah, your next adventure, you will join. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting take. I, I have yet to find anything in life that brings people closer together than doing something difficult and surviving it together, and that usually creates a very strong bond because you know, if if you and someone else can get through something difficult together, then you know you can trust them, as opposed to someone who you feel that way about, and then when you face that difficult thing together, they give up and that can be really disheartening and ruin a lot of relationships. I mean, that's the vast majority of romantic relationships start off. It's like, Oh, it's happy. It's all good. And then as soon as it gets bad, you find out what someone's made out of. Um, And that doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong or anything like that. It just means that you're not on the same wavelength. Um, 
not not to call anyone weak or yeah but i mean let's for instance if i'm hiking up a mountain with someone and they give up i'm they're probably not my life partner (laughs) (laughs) it's a relation test yes yeah often people describe that in in a week like this because there's this combination of being relaxed together, having fun together, and uh, being in these challenges together. That people get to know sometimes people better. Like in a week, they get to know other people better that they have never met before. And they feel that they know them better than friends that they know for years. And it's this, in a way, unmasking. Like, Like I said before, in the cold, you can't really fake it. You can, you see if somebody can do it or not. And it removes some some of these pretend, some of these masks that people usually have. And when people, in a way, unmask together in a, in a place that feels safe, um, and that would be <laughs> partially my task and partially the group of creating a place where people feel emotionally and physically safe. Um, and it's really beautiful to, to be without these masks together and that bonds people together. Yeah. Your next fun question. Yes. Ben and I have a colleague named Tony. You've probably heard about him, I assume. He is also a practitioner and claims to be able to maintain his flagpole at full salute throughout the duration of his ice bath. Myth or truth? (laughs) I haven't seen any pictures. Um, I've, I've requested pictures, but he wants. <laughs> I think I think here, to Tony. I would go with the pics, or it didn't happen. Okay, so you don't believe him. I just need more proof. I'm a skeptical guy. <laughs> I know it's definitely possible. I, I know it's definitely possible, but so he might be able. It is uh, it is physically possible. Yes. Okay. All right. See? Okay. All right. I'm going to go test this out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it might need some training. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um but I would still ask him to provide proof. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're going to get that proof as soon as we can. Uh, we just have to get permission from Tony's <laughs> wife, I assume. <laughs> Um, maybe you can ask her see this is why you get paid the big bucks and we don't (laughs) (laughs) so this has been really fantastic and an awesome learning experience I don't want to go on for too long because we've already taken up an hour and 35 minutes but uh, I will be in Europe hopefully by next month I don't know when this podcast itself will air but uh, at some point while well, during my duration there, I would like to uh, meet up with you guys and let's, let's do some crazy shit. You guys can push me and see what I'm made out of, and uh, I'll I'll try. Awesome, man. We can help you relaxing too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love relaxing. It's my favorite thing. Not really. I'm a, <laughs> I, I am the definition of a workaholic, for sure. <laughs> So I will, uh, I will take what I've learned today. I will try to put some of it into practice. I'm not going to push myself too hard, but you've opened my eyes to a different way of thinking. And I, I hope that some of our listeners also gained uh, a little bit from this. 
like this is generally like a, a video game oriented podcast, but because Ben felt so strongly about it, I was like, you know what? This could probably help a lot of the people that we work around. This is a very demanding and uh, stressful and sedentary um, business that doesn't have to be. And I hope that throughout the next several years, we continue to see more and more change in a positive direction. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you uh, both for coming. And Ben, thank you for uh, inviting Dawa for this excellent conversation. It's been, it's been cool. And uh, for the people out there listening, uh, don't forget to breathe. Thank you very much to Dawa for joining Ben and myself. If you are interested in uh, learning more about what Dawa does or going on one of these crazy trips like Ben did, head over to thecoolway.nl and you can find all sorts of information about that. I'll leave a link in the episode notes as well. And I uh, just want to say yeah, huge, huge thank you to everyone for being so amazingly patient with me recently. I, I know that I have uh, been slacking, slacking. I'm getting episodes out. It's uh, it's a temporary problem, I promise. I'm still, as of recording this, kind of in between living situations, and I will figure it out. But uh, the music you're hearing right now, again, is by John of the Shred. This is from his Rock the Warehouse album. He's one of my favorite musicians and games right now, and I uh, highly recommend you head over and check him out. I'll also leave a link to him in the episode notes. Gotta say thank you to all of our wonderful supporters. So, Shannon, Bridge, Anthony, Mike, Zan, Frederick, Brandy, Jack, Robert, Graceless Dragon, Red Eyes, Brad, Dots, Moose, Paul, Bram and Maria, and Jeffrey, and the lovely, lovely Yanin, Igrok Simon, and Immorpher. I love you all. Thank you very much for your support. You're, you're all the, just the best. And if you would like to be mentioned on that list, you can head over to inthekeep.com. There's all kinds of ways to support the podcast and our ongoing projects. Remember that uh, it's not just the podcast. It's uh, Call of Seregnar and Stellar Valkyrie as well. Every little bit helps. And we are working towards getting that sweet, sexy demo for Stellar Valkyrie ready, hopefully you know, in the near future. And then, of course, you can go grab the Call of Seregnar demo now. All of that stuff can be found at inthekeep.com. You can also grab some merch if you want. No big deal, but uh, it's available if you would like to. And uh, mm, I think that's it. That's all I'm going to say this week. I love you. The Drowned God Cathala loves you. And until next time, stay in the keep. <laughs>